This Satellite Sisters Talk TV podcast is brought to you by the Satellite Sisters store. Just in time for gift-giving season, we have a lot of new items in the store. Where can you find it? At SatelliteSisters.com. Just look for the picture of Julie, Liz, and I, and our new Stay Noisy t-shirts. Hey, you know who needs a Stay Noisy t-shirt? Stevie. She does. I'm Adam's secretary. Stay noisy, Stevie. Keep speaking up. There are lots of gifts there now. Gifts for old friends and new friends. Maybe you have exercise pals. Maybe someone you know is becoming a grandmother for the first time. How about the satellite mister in your life? We've got you covered. Visit SatelliteSisters.com and look for shop in the nav bar, or just go straight to CafePress.com forward slash Satellite Sisters. Get shopping, sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters Talk TV. This is our weekly recap of the CBS drama, Madam Secretary. I'm Leanne Dolan in Los Angeles, here with my sister, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. Julie, how are you doing this this Monday morning? I'm good, Leanne. I'm happy to be here and ready to talk about Madam Secretary. All right. First, I want to remind people, though, we do do another podcast. We call it The Big Show because it's just called Satellite Sisters. <laughs> Every week, Julie, myself, and our other sister, Liz, uh, connect for a one-hour conversation. We call it a pep talk for modern women. So if you haven't checked out Satellite Sisters yet, please do. You never know what you're going to find on Satellite Sisters. We can talk about the serious, and we can talk about the silly, and we certainly talk about Meghan Markle, don't we, Julie? We just enjoy yes. her. So it's soup to nuts. We cover it all. One cup of coffee at a time, Lee, and I think that's what we say. That's right. You can find it on a separate feed that's Satellite Sisters. Um, all right. This episode of Madam Secretary was called Requiem. So, first of all, we know we know it's gonna be sort of heavy. Would yes. you say it was a how would you describe this episode, Julie? I'm going to call it a solid episode, Leanne, but I think there might be some larger issues, structural issues with Madam Secretary that we're going to have to talk about. I think Henry's role as an ethicist, well, it may just be too darn dull, Leanne, yeah. every single week, okay? But well, we'll see. But there was this was solid. There were some solid developments uh, that I think will pay off later this season. Yeah. So uh, here's what we had in this episode. We had some classic political themes that we've seen on Madam Secretary before. Political compromise. We uh-huh. know, you know, we've seen it time and time again, how you have these high ideals, but sometimes to get the job done, you have to compromise. And it's not necessarily a dirty word. Uh, and we've seen Bess get the best of that situation. And then we've seen her be on the, the wrong side of that situation. So we talked about that this week, honoring the war dead classic yes. theme. Many of the characters on Madam Secretary are also military veterans, so that plays a part in how everything's discussed. And then the principled politician, what I'm calling the principled are there politi- Are there such a thing, Leanne? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Not, feels like not lately, Julie, but in fiction, there were. We had in one, this episode, yes. yeah, one moment where we thought that's what was happening, but alas, no. And then we had some new themes that we haven't seen before. The rise of the racist senator, so that, uh-huh. unfortunately, playing out from uh, news headlines. How about uh, get out of my restaurant? Yes. <laughs> that was a surprise, shocker, Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. It was particularly civil, but again, ripped from the headlines. We saw that uh, over the last couple of months. We've seen um, politicians be uh, chased out of restaurants. And then nagging the vote. 
something we've talked about over at Satellite Sisters, but mothers nagging their millennials to vote or parents. But in this case, that, that was my favorite scene in this whole episode. It so was I the best scene. To talk, talking to you about that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here are our three storylines. Bess needs to bring home the war dead from the Philippines, but complications ensue. Allison learns about political compromise, and then Mm -hmm. the candidates emerge. I have that as a whole separate storyline because even though – uh, even though this senator was related to the main storyline, I think he's really what the writers are doing are setting up who Bess is going to face in some of these primaries, right? Yes, he's the new senator from Kentucky, Senator mm. Callister. I mm. think he looks like I'm going to call him Senator Regis Philbin, Leanne, because <laughs> I think he looks like a young Regis Philbin. Really? Okay. Sort of. <laughs> well, he's like that to you. No, he's actor okay. Will Chase. So, I, and he was on Nashville for many seasons as like superstar country singer. So that's what I think of him as, like superstar okay. country singer. You know, okay. turned politician. So, either way, I, it works. I think Regis could sing from time to time on his talk show. Kathy <laughs> yeah. Lee, really going to have to look at Will Chase again because I never looked at him and thought Regis. But um, okay, all righty, I'll give it a whirl. All right, so let's talk about the first storyline, the main one. This is what Bess is doing. She needs to bring home the war dead. And what we have up top is we see a feisty old lady. We come to know her as Gloria Paley. And uh, we get a little flashback to World War II, which was sort of unexpected. And we see that Gloria's father has died in World War Uh And uh, now, something like 73 years later, um, they found his remains in a Philippine jungle. And uh, so they decide to send in the Secretary of State instead of- Which is crazy. I don't know why the Secretary of Defense ever- I mean, he was he really backed down pretty quickly. I thought that was going to be more of a fight between because it's typically the role of secretary of the defense to bring home war debt. Right. Yeah. Why did they do it? Because, as we know, the leader of the Philippines is volatile. You know, best. She, she punched him in the nose the last time. Uh, yeah. I, I just well, I, I guess they thought she might be able to make more headway diplomatically. But uh, so I think the de- defense, uh, you know, secretary was being extra nice to Bess. Maybe uh, he wants too. to be vice president. Who knows? Oh, like, maybe he does. So that's Gordon. And he did have a nice moment where he said his father died and uh, in the war. And so that's he just wanted to make sure they all got home. And he said something like, I, I don't care if you send in the postmaster general, just bring bring them home. So yeah. that was a good line. So uh-huh. we have this character of Andrada. He's an unstable leader of the Philippines. He's a dictator with no respect for human rights. He doesn't want the U.S. to tell him what to do. He doesn't want to appear weak. And he's happy to give the war dead back for $300 million worth of weapons. All right. Did and I get that right? Not- Right. And don't forget that he's uh, he loves fried chicken. Oh, that was was key as well. I think that must be some kind of diplomatic message there when you're when you're on the speakerphone, the video conference call with with the secretary of state and you're just chomping down on fried chicken and beer, you know. So well, he was something. all about disrespecting Beth, wasn't he? Yes, and like, he was doing a very fine job. Yeah. Very fine job. Yeah. So there was a whole lot of back and forth there. And in the middle of this, uh, in the middle of this, Henry and um, 
Stevie go into their favorite restaurant. Looked like a very nice restaurant, Julian. We were happy to see stuffed waffles were back on the menu. I, I was doubtful that Stevie actually could eat stuffed waffles. Do you think that she eats a lot of those, Liam? You know, we see the women of the McCord family allegedly eating a lot of carbohydrates. Like Bess also had a scene where what is she doing eating donuts at like seven o'clock at night? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All those skinny women eating giant amounts of calories. You it's, know, it's, yeah, it's, I. I it strains our, our strains our our ability to to really think that's how they eat. Yes, and I I they look like fit uh, capable women, so they can eat what they want to eat. We're not we're not no, no we're not we're no, not we're donut not. shaming them, Julie. We're not donut shaming them. No, we or, just, or or French toast shaming. Yeah, we just. We just know that in general, how, uh, being women ourselves of a certain age, you can no longer eat donuts at seven o'clock at night. Um, so there comes a point in your life when that's over. But anyway, uh, Stevie and Henry are asked to leave this restaurant because apparently the restaurant owner says, I'm a vet. I don't like the president and the administration's position on not bringing these war dead home. Why aren't they going in there and getting them? Because Bess has had to be very quiet with her negotiations with the Philippines because that's what the Filipino leader wants and they just want to get the war dead home. But it's not good press for either side. And it looks like inaction to public figures. Correct? Yeah, correct, Liam. Okay. Uh, so, and I thought, first of all, that was a very civil scene, didn't you? When they were allegedly yes, quote, thrown out like, of the restaurant. Right. I just can't serve you today. Could you please move out? Well, you know, Henry, I guess, I mean, we know he can be a man of action, Yeah. but I guess I look like Stevie wanted to, you know, like sort of start, uh, mixing it up a little bit, but they left quietly. They didn't want to make a scene. I think they now know because Bess is going to run for president. They have to always think. They're, you know, they're, you know, the in the family of the future president of the United States. So everything counts now, Leon. I think it, that was, it does. I think of, Henry looked, you know, like he had a strongly worded op-ed piece in him, but he. Uh, did. <laughs> I mean, you write a little bit about this new role because eventually we see, like, the storyline kind of goes around and around and around. We see they're they're trying to debate what to do, a variety of things, but at one point we see. <laughs> Henry the ethicist just hanging around in the Oval Office like ethicist on call. I didn't even like what is he doing there? It's like know. a potted plant in there. Um, I mean, as much as we mocked him last season well, when he was swashbuckling with his crutches, I think I prefer that. Lady. Yeah, I just this, you know, I, I just giving long speeches or short speeches in the in the Oval Office. I, I don't think it's going to work. And what they were debating was uh, ultimately best goes to the Philippines, even though people don't really want her to show that sign of respect for this crazy dictator. But she goes because everyone wants those war dead home. And, you know, the crazy leader, the narcissist, he blows off the meeting in the office because he's like training in a boxing gym. We know we don't like this guy, right? I mean, what's the No, we don't like this guy. But Beth, Beth did some tough talking. She to did. Yes, yeah. She, you know, she was, she really just, she didn't raise her voice, but she was saying some bad things to yeah. him. I like that. Yeah. All in the middle of that photo shoot. So it's sort of yeah. sotto voce. Yeah. I like that too. I like that scene. Um, so long story short, they're going to get what they want, the Philippines. The United States is able to bring this war dead home. But, oh, surprise, surprise, this, you know, alleged war hero whose daughter, Gloria Paley, has been working for years to bring her father's body home and many other MIA and POWs home. Uh, they find out. 
that, oh, he had actually deserted 18 hours before the mission. So yeah. even though he'd flown like over 100 missions, he actually didn't deserve military honors funeral. Oh, I felt I, bad. Didn't you? I felt bad. I felt badly. You know, they and they they laid it out. You know, you have to have the military chain of command and, the, you know, it just but it seemed seemed wrong. But of course, Bess had her light bulb moment. She fixed it, didn't she? She Lynn? did fix it. She very figured skillful. out a way to keep the whole issue of, of the soldier going AWOL top secret so that that would never be released. So then the mother, Gloria Bailey, or who actually the, the daughter, daughter yeah. the daughter could take her father home to Sioux Falls, South Dakota and bury him there. Yeah. So, and nobody would have to know. That's right. So it was a good solution and not before Henry got to quote uh, Thomas Aquinas, who he likes to quote. Yes, I, I know, Leon, you're our classic scholar. Yeah. <laughs> Were you impressed with that? Yeah. The, I, yeah. The damage that truth can inflict should be factored into the equation. Allegedly, that's what Aquinas wrote and that's what Henry quoted. So that, you know, that was a nice moment. And there was that moment of understanding between the daughter and Bess as they stood there. Uh, you know, but I, I thought it was a harsh decision. But again, I'm not in the military, so I'm not going to pretend I understand military procedure. But uh, that's what the president did. I, a guy who doesn't really seem to talk tough sort of put the hammer down on the military funeral. So, okie doke, Dalton. Okay. <laughs> Liam. What? He's commander in chief. He's, he's got to do that. I know. I you can't know. do that. They even said that, you know, that like if you have one AWOL, everybody will go AWOL because nobody wants to fight land. Okay. No, I that, guess that's, that's how true. Works. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a lesson in that, Julie. Uh, all right. The second storyline, nagging the vote. Okay. This is where we get to see Allison. She's found a candidate that she loves. The midterms are coming up. So we see Russell stressing about that. But Allison's out there getting out the vote. She's a volunteer. She's a young congressional candidates and she's doing work for him and she's doing a super job. And we know that because I thought they were falling in love. Leah. I That's did too. I thought I yeah. thought with candidate Pavano, I thought, uh, I thought it was a romance there because she's so impressed with him. He's young. He's, you know, he's all the things that you would want in a, in a future political leader. And, you know, when, when Allison makes some kind of mistake and fails to get uh, a, a, someone to do sign language for one of his rallies, he does it himself, Leanne, and her heart is melted. Yes. I thought, I thought, aha, a romance for Allie, but not so much. Not so much because then he backs out on one of his his uh, key talking points, which was debt forgiveness for college loans, and. You know, she's really digging in on this issue and she's all in and she's a great volunteer. But because he's like, you know what, Allison? And here we go. This theme of political compromise again. He goes, I just want a seat at the table. And basically, this is not polling well. This is not what grownups talk about. This is probably never going to happen. So let me get to the table. And then once I can use, once I'm there, I can use my influence on this. But that's all she needs. She's out. She doesn't need. <laughs> right. I know. She's. She's, I mean, she doesn't believe in like 95%. No, <laughs> if, if it's not 100% of what she wants, she's not even voting, Leon. There you have it. It really made me shudder because I, I do think, 
I mean, I do think that is that is what many young voters think. They have one idea. They have one position. And, you know, God bless them. It's good that they are they have ideals. That's fantastic. But get out there and vote. And so we right. were or, all you know, They don't like either candidate. Right. Haven't oh. you heard that argument? Yes, oh. please. Or Yeah, I don't like any candidate. Oh, OK, great. Well, that will be good if you just don't vote then. Right. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your not voting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we're all best when she discovers Allison just sitting on the couch eating ice cream, watching the election, election results, and Allison announces, no, no, I, I didn't vote for either. Nope. I didn't even vote. I've, I've done all those volunteer hours, but he backed off on one one promise, so I'm out. And that's when Beth, she has a good moment there, a great speech. She blows her top. I mean, that's as mad as I've ever seen Beth, right? Right. Right. She was like, she was growling at Allie. Yeah. And when your mom is the secretary of state and she can throw at you, I just flew halfway around the world to bring home those service people who gave their life for this country so that you could vote and you're not going to vote. I mean, that's strong. That was good. That's some strong mom guilt right there. I I liked it. And no excuse for not getting to the polling booth because I have a motorcade. So get in the car right now. I I thought it was aggressive last week when I sent my son who's in college in another state, his mail-in ballot and stamps. I was like, I don't want the fact that you don't know where to get stamps to be an issue. Because I'm sure that did you fill a, it out for him and just, just no, say, please he, sign here. No, no, no I, but I, I did yeah. remind him. I said, Julie, don't, or I said, don't forget to sign. There are quite a few places where you need to sign. So just make sure. Uh, I did not do that. No, he did it. But I was but good nagging. Yeah. Good nag. Yes. Good nagging nag. for a cause. We were nagging the vote. So Allison goes and votes. And then there's a, that's a good dramatic contrast scene between the, the veterans coming home and yes. Allison in the voting booth. Yes. Yeah, that was very successful. And then this last little storyline is just that the candidates emerge. And it looks like this this senator who you think when you first meet him that he's a, you know, he's a politician with a conscience. He doesn't want to support this crazy dictator in the Philippines. And so whatever best needs that vote on the $300 million worth of weapons, he's not going to do it because he doesn't want to supply arms to guys like that. Best knows, like, this is too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, the young Senator Regis Philbin yeah. there. Well, first of all, I don't know why he was wearing a sports shirt. Leah. Everybody else is in a coat and tie. And this new senator is in a sports shirt when he's coming, going to see the secretary of state. So that was a little odd. But he's supposed to be a different kind of politician because right. he made his money in high tech. Right. So he doesn't have to take any political action committee money. So he's going to be his own man. Yeah, but not, but not really, right, Leon? Yeah. Well, it turns out his own man is that he's a he's a racist objectionist, so obstructionist. So I was like, going to read my own notes. Objectionist. No, he's a ra- as best calls he's him anti-immigrant. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. A racist. Yes. yes, senator, racist, obstructionist. Right. He's just he's uh he's a nationalist, is what he basically thinks of it. And it turns out that his college buddy was the guy who threw Henry out of the restaurant. So the plot thickens a little bit there. That that was sort of a calculated move to take Bess's temperature and how quickly she would react. And what what is setting up is that he is probably also going to be a presidential candidate. So that's good. Right. I mean, right. It's, he, I mean he set a number of traps for Bess. This episode, yeah. which she did not fall for. No, okay? she managed to bring home the war dead on her own without his help. Uh, and then, and Henry and Stevie kept their cool when they were kicked out of the cafes. So, 
Uh, but there will be more traps coming down the road. That's what I think, Liam. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I thought when when he first showed up, I thought, oh, that's a good actor now that they've cast this guy. Like, And then it's clear like he'll be back. So it's a recurring role. So I'm looking forward to that, even though he seems like kind of a jerk. But that's okay. Um, all right. So the candidates are starting to merge. They're setting that up. So that was that wrapped basically all the storylines. Julie, binders full of blouses. You know, we we do this every week. We talk about the fashion on Madam Secretary. I, the the list is getting shorter and shorter, but what do you have on your list? I want to well, go to first, you first. we have to talk about the ongoing black bra uh, controversy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lee, and last week we, we brought it up. Uh, it is a lacy black bra. Mm. You notice this. Yes. So it is not even creating that T-shirt smooth look that you would like <laughs> under the silk bra- blouses that she's wearing. Yeah. She's got a lot of bumps going on, Lee, yeah. there uh, on her blouse. So yeah. I can only assume that there's some big backstory associated with this black lace bra. And they haven't revealed it yet, but it's so deliberate and it's so awkward and it looks so bad under so many of these shirts that I have to assume that at some point they're going to reveal why she's wearing it. Okay. Uh, Well, that's a good theory. That's a good theory, Julie. Yeah. Because, yeah, in particular that, yeah, there was one, it just looked terrible in a couple of scenes. But um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she wore so, it to the Philippines, too. <laughs> I mean, right. That's a a right. long plane and, flight. And all we're seeing is pantsuits, Leanne. Okay? It is pantsuits, true. Pantsuits, pantsuits, Now, there right. was, uh, towards the end of the episode, that light pantsuit oh, in, yes. uh, with, like, a dove gray or something. Yes. I don't With the windowpane check shirt. That was very nice. And it was, uh, you know, it was just that we've just seen her in dark suits the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my first thing. Right. Second thing is... We're seeing a reoccurring theme. When Bess is overworked, the shirts are untucked. Untucked. You see that? They come uh, out. Third theme I'd like to mention is when Bess has jet lag, she wears a sweater. Uh, There were two sweaters that were employed towards the end of this episode. (laughs) After the long trip to the Philippines, the time travel that she does, they put a sweater on her to indicate, yes, I have jet lag, so I'm home and I'm wearing a sweater. (laughs) And most Americans, when they fly, they're in pajamas now. I mean, if you've been to the airport, you see people, they're wearing their yoga pants. They're wearing Ugg boots. Some people actually wear pajamas on planes. I don't really understand that because people, you're still in public and people can see you. But yes, you're right. For for Bess, Julie, it's just a sweater. That's her compromise to her air travel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And And then is that it for your binders? The only other thing I'd yeah. like to mention is that beautiful white coat that she that which she wore when yes. she took off to go to the Philippines. Yes, that was beautiful, and I just hope that we see some more dresses and skirts down the road. Yes. I like the variety. Uh, she can wear whatever she wants as as a Secretary of State, of course. Yes, uh, but but we do we do take note of the fashion, and we'd like a few more things to work with. Now, Julie, what did you think about Allie in the next gen bow tie blouse? I mean, well, that was, <laughs> that was quite a symbol too. Yes. Right? Well, yes. Was she wearing it because she thought it was ironic, Lynn? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> was that some kind of protest bow tie? We've seen that before in American political life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. I, 
I don't know. Were we not supposed to know? Obviously, we were supposed to notice. Is she mini best? That's when she was on, you know, team congressman there before yeah. she quit over one tiny compromise. So, yeah, and it looked, it was a beautiful blue bow tie blouse. Yeah, but she is our fashionista, so we can only assume that she picked it for reasons that yeah. perhaps will become clear. Maybe we can, uh, maybe they're just up for our own interpretation, either as an homage to her mother oh, yes. or yeah. as an ironic ironic statement against the power structure in Washington. So either one, I think. Yes. I think it works either way, Liam. <laughs> either way. <gasps> okay. That is it for this week's Madam Secretary recap. Once again, uh, Satellite Sisters, we record on Tuesdays. So you'll find a new show posted tomorrow. Julie, tomorrow um, we have a Satellite Sisters book club and we yes. always do memoirs by or about uh, women in general. That's usually what we pick. And this month um, we have a memoir by Maureen Cavanaugh. Her daughter uh, is um, part of the opioid epidemic in this country. So this is one mother's story about helping her daughter through an opioid addiction. That is, Julie, it's an ongoing daily struggle. And That's I thought right. this was no, an And it's such an honest memoir. account, yeah. Leanne. I agree. It's very powerful to read. You have just so much empathy for both the mother and the daughter mm -hmm. in, uh, in this story. And uh, I really look forward to hearing what Maureen, you know, to, talking to her personally about this because it's something we all need to understand and embrace. Exactly. Exactly. So that's tomorrow on Satellite Sisters. If uh, opioid addiction has touched your family, uh, you can look for the Satellite Sisters show. It's on a separate feed. You can look for it at Apple Podcasts or NPR One or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Or you can just go to our website, SatelliteSisters.com. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Julie, talk to you tomorrow. See you then, Leon. All right. Don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>